This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a connoisseur of good lentil soups, Ryan Nelson. Justin, maybe it's just me, but I'd love to own the Psycho Colonel Sanders suit. I, I, I would absolutely love to own the Psycho Colonel Sanders suit. That, that is an awesome suit. We're going to talk quite a bit about that suit a little bit later on in the program, so we'll definitely be discussing it. But uh, yes, definitely. The Psycho Colonel Sanders suit was a great way to describe the, the Mr. Knight suit. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about episode two of the Disney Plus show Moon Knight titled Summon the Suit. If you are new or a regular and would like to more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, 10 or $20 level. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. Both of those go a long way in getting the show in the ears of new listeners. We apologize for not being out when we normally are. I guess it's that time of year. It's allergy time. It's that crubby, yucky time. My voice still is not just 100%, but uh, I had almost no voice whatsoever on Sunday night when we normally record, so we had to push back a our recording time a day so we apologize to you for that that's all on me so i just want to go ahead and apologize about that but let's go ahead and start talking about moon knight episode two ryan uh general thoughts uh are you liking this more or less what where are you at with moon knight so far uh i like it i guess i would say about the same the one thing i'm going to say this now this one pushed the limits of steve Ah, okay. Okay, that's interesting because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and most people are saying the opposite. They, they, they love Steve, so that's that's interesting. I, I've got mixed feelings on both of them. I can see why. Well, just go ahead and talk about that real quick while you're mentioning yeah, it. To, to me, uh, I thought he was kind of annoying in the fight sequence mm-hmm. because if he cares about Layla, which right. he showed that he did, yes. why wouldn't you let Moon Knight take over? Yeah. And, and, and to protect her, because obviously he even admitted earlier that he, he's, he's not a fighter or he couldn't do anything. Right. And that is interesting because you make a real good point with that. I don't know exactly how they're going to resolve that. I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to set this up where he can kind of hold his own. He learns, kind of learns how to control his powers. I don't know. We're going to talk quite a bit about a lot of this stuff. So uh, I guess we'll get into that here in just a little bit, but let's go ahead and talk about some, just some things about this show. One, this is a very distinct show for Disney plus. It's very, very different than what we've gotten so far. Uh, And there's a couple of things that I thought of, and you can chime in on this as well. The first thing I had was obviously it's a much more mature content it's uh i mean they they haven't i mean the impaling of the jackal this is kind of what i thought they would do is the really violent stuff they would lead to the cgi characters they've done that so far uh but it's still i mean just the subject matter itself is much more mature with this whole dissociative identity disorder and everything that goes along with it and trying to understand how that works uh so that's the one thing but the other thing is and i was got to think about this this is the first of these shows where the villain is clearly defined. I mean, the, probably the second closest would be uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier when they had Carly Morgenthau, but she wasn't ever the big villain. The big villain was always the power broker in, in that show. We never really knew who that was going to be until the very end. Well, you kind of knew, but they don't reveal it until the very end. Let me say it that way. But this one, we have a very clear definition of who it is. Now, they could... Later on, real, you know, Amit or whoever it is could end up taking Harrow's place, but we've got a really defined villain in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, uh, and this villain is, he's a lot more realistic. Yes. Because, I mean, he is a cult leader and he knows what he's doing. He is yes, skilled. He, he is just well thought out. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he may be one of the scariest villains in the MCU. 
Yeah, it's always the the, the scary villains are the ones are, as as I heard somebody once describe it are the true believers. The true believers are the ones that really worry you and the ones that make you think, oh man, this is the people you got to look out for because they they are so committed to their cause, whatever it may be. And he is definitely one of those those types of characters. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be real interested to see how they play this out. Uh, they are doing some things with the character that are that are consistent with the comic, that are not consistent with the comic. And because of the fact that Moon Knight is so is is a less known commodity, they can have a lot more free freedom, and they can kind of play with the character a lot more. And I think they're really doing that. Uh, but those are the two things that really stood out to me. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me is Stephen, and we've already talked about this, we'll talk about it a little bit more, they are continuing to stick with Stephen, at least through this episode. I don't know if they're going to do that in episode three, based off of how it ended, but they stuck with Stephen, and obviously you said uh, you, you pushed, they pushed the limit on how much you could take with him. Up until that limit, though, what were you thinking of how they were developing the character in general? So I, I think they did a good job of, especially when he meets Layla, and right. you get a lot of backstory about her. And that, uh, having Steven there, allowed that to happen where we get to learn about her character. We got to find out how smart and how capable she was and how right. much she actually knew about Moon Knight and, you know, or thought she knew about what was going on. So we actually learned a, a backstory about her and Mark through Steven. So that was a good device I thought used by them to use him. Like I said, I, I didn't mind those scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mind him talking to Harrow. I thought that was just incredible scenes, especially when you find out that Harrow had been through the same, he was the, the, the prior uh, person for Khonshu. So I thought that was good yeah. that, that we used Steven and, and the fact that Harrow knew everything that he was about to say. Like I thought, yeah. the, I thought they did that, and Ethan Hawke just showed how how skilled he is when he was those scenes, especially. Yeah, getting Ethan Hawke for this it was just an absolute, you know, godsend for them. Because I mean, I don't know if you know the story about how he got on this. It was at a coffee shop. The the Oscar Isaac was they were. I don't know sure if Oscar Isaac was there, and then Ethan Hawke happened to walk in, or vice versa. One of them was there, and the other one just happened to walk in. They started talking up a conversation, and Oscar Isaac said, "Hey, come do this thing with me." He's like, oh, "Okay, that's how. Uh, I guess I'll come do that. That sounds like fun." And that's how this ends up happening. So I mean, he's just an absolute godsend to get into this role. And like I said in last week's show, they're doing this really. They're, they're doing this great job with this character who was a one episode who was in one comic in the entire in all these uh, like nearly 50 years of of Moon Knight comics uh, so I, I've enjoyed that just because they're taking a very limited character they're taking somebody that we don't know a whole lot about and they're really just having some fun with them and it's like you said earlier Ethan Hawk I mean you see why these people are joining up with this cult I mean yeah. he is a very convincing he is I mean you want to i mean just watching him you can understand when you hear him talk and when you hear him talk about you know ridding the world of evil before it starts i mean that all sounds great and wonderful obviously the holes in what he is promoting the things that he is trying to do start to creep in when you start you know he starts talking about as, as steven starts talking to him you know what about children are we going to kill children when you know he says i, I draw the line at killing children you know that's a pretty good place to draw a line at uh so like I said, that's where the argument that he is presenting just kind of starts to fall apart. And, you know, one of the things I... Is this just a sequel to Minority Report? Did you watch Minority Report? I did, but it's 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 been a long time. And I want to mention something you said. Let's not talk about that this is nearly 50 years old because some of us were born <laughs> around when this started. The comic started. So yeah, let's I not think- bring that point up. Yeah, I know that's that, yeah, we're, we, you're a little closer than I am, but I'm not that far. I'm not that far behind. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Minority Report was I think it came out in 2001, something like I yeah, think, I think that's right around there. And the premise of that show is uh, Tom Cruise. I don't remember what the name of his character was, but he plays this detective, and he is a cop that or detective or whatever. Then he's the head of this task force that stops people that arrest people before they commit a crime because they have these three uh, people who are precog, as they call them, and they can sense when a crime is about to happen. And they get all this footage together. They, like, access their mind. 
and that's the whole point is, you know, we're stopping crime. And the, this whole show is asking a philosophical question. You know, what would you do if you knew something bad was going to happen, but it hasn't actually happened yet? And it's this whole, it goes back to the whole thing, you know, would you kill baby Hitler? If you had, if yeah. you went back in time and would you kill baby Hitler? That baby hasn't done anything wrong. He's a baby. There's no, he's done nothing absolutely wrong. But you know what he's going to do. So how do you handle that? That's kind of what this thing is asking with Amit and with Arthur Harrow. And it's just a very, you know, he, he sounds great. But when you start having to actually apply some of the things he's talking about, it's like, eh, I don't know if we can really do that. Yeah, and I was going to say, when he was asked about killing children, he really didn't say no. He was no, more he did like, not. He was like, eh. I'm glad, he said, I'm glad you asked. Then he yeah. didn't really answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, yeah. And, I, and, I, and Harrow is... He's so scary because when you see him walk around amongst his people, how nice he is yes. and how he, mm-hmm. he's learned all the languages they're learning. Right. And like, he's speaking to them like, like, the, like they're the same as he is. This is like, like I said, I know he studied David Koresh and if you've watched the Waco miniseries mm-hmm. they did a couple of years ago, which was really good. David Koresh was kind of similar to this, like the way yeah. he would walk around and, and like at times treat everybody like, like, like they're the same person. And, and just like, like I know I mentioned this last week and I'll say it again, just how calm he is. Yeah. He, Cause he's very, very calm. He has, I mean, he has this very calm to me. Even when, when he's getting ready to unleash the jackal on to Steven and to Layla, who I meant to look up her. I had her look, looked up, and I can't remember who it is. Her name is uh, May uh, Kalamoy. Yeah, and this is like one of the first things she's done. She hasn't done a whole lot of stuff. Well, she's in a very good TV show called Rami. It's oh, on it? FX okay. and Hulu. She is the sister on there. It's a uh, She is Egyptian, so it's kind of good that yeah, she's she in is. this. And it's a story about an, an Egyptian family that lives in uh, New York. I think they're in New York. And Rami's like the brother. And she's the sister. And the mom, I mean, uh, uh, what's Brian Cox? Logan Roy's wife is Rami's uh Oh, okay. So it's okay. it's actually it's on FX. It's really good. So yeah, this is a huge role for her. But she she was really good in that. And like I said, she's Egyptian. So I think that was very good casting having her. Yeah, in there. it's it's, she's it's really good. It's excellent casting. She's done the one episode that we had of her. She's done a fantastic job so far. I've I really liked what she has added to this role. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this show because I don't know how much you pay attention to this, but Marvel obviously they do comic book stories. That's what their movies are all about. But they are. They have subgenres in them as well. For example, Captain America: The First Avenger is a World War II movie, in addition to be a comic book movie. Um, you've got The Winter Soldier is like a political espionage yeah. thriller that's also a comic book movie. Ant Man is a heist movie. Right. Uh, so they so they they don't just make comic book stories. How would you define this one? Because I, I I have a way to define it. I'm just wondering how you would define it. Uh, I've heard a couple people mention this. Uh, it's kind of a mix of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones. Yeah, and that's exactly what uh, I think Curtis Grant is the guy who's the showrunner, I think. Uh, he did a re- he did a interview with uh, Phase Zero, the, the Marvel-dedicated podcast on comicbook.com. He did an interview with them, and that's those were the exact two movies, uh, the exact two films that he mentioned was the Mummy and Indiana Jones. So that's I didn't expect that when we were getting this, but it, it makes sense considering all the Egyptian, all the Egyptian callbacks and imagery and symbolism and stuff that's in there. So it makes sense that they would go that route. And, and, but, I, and I have a feeling it's going to be even more like that oh yeah. once we're in Egypt. But also I see that because like. You've got the the fights are almost like like the mummy and almost Indiana Jones like because mm-hmm. you know the fights in those movies are um, uh, they're like heightened but they're fun. It's not like a normal like everyday action right. movie fight. So yeah. uh, you know th- this this does a similar thing with all the action they've had so far. Yeah, it really does. It it's, it has a very similar feel, very similar. Uh, tone to it and I, I i've enjoyed it so far and they do in, they 
one of the things they did, they tried to like advertise this as a little bit of horror influence. There's a little bit of scary stuff in it. Um, nothing to do. I mean, you got that, yeah. that scene in the hallway where uh, the lights are coming on and you can see Kanshi walking towards Steven, but they haven't really done a whole lot with that. I'll be interested to see if they continue to, if they amp that up in the episodes to come. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see Kanshi scaring some little kids. Yeah, I can too. I, I can see that being very much the case. Um, Harold right. scares me more than anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just the, it's just that calm demeanor that he has that makes it just so incredibly chilling. I guess is the best yeah. way to, to describe. It. He's not uh, scary. maybe the weird, weird word, but he's very chilling in the way that he is portraying this uh, villain. All right. So, uh, best scenes. Oh, it's not, uh, we'll get in that when we get to our uh, awards. So. Let's go ahead and get to the scene at the compound or whatever it is you want to call it because I'm not exactly sure if that's what this is. This is, if you ask me, is the most telling scene so far in the entire show so far because it sets up what Kanshu can and can't do because yeah. uh, because Arthur Harrow is talking about you know he's blowing all this stuff around and he's he's scaring Stephen but Arthur's like he can't do anything else he, he, unless you let him he can't do anything else so we're we're kind of seeing the limitations of what Kanshu has but we're also learning a lot of backstory so but apparently the uh, Arthur Harrow was at one time the avatar for Kanshu and he, basically the uh, what I came to understand is. Kanshu doesn't go far enough. Kanshu was the fist of vengeance, as he talked about. And like I said, this was this is definitely Marvel's Batman. I mean, that's one of the things that they created him to be was Marvel's Batman and the whole vengeance thing. You know that yeah. kind of is yeah. is ringing true right there. So, uh, but he doesn't go far enough. He didn't want to just stop. He didn't want to inflict justice upon the people who've done evil. He wanted to stop the evil from happening. That's the reason why we don't really know if. Did you, what did, well, I guess let me ask you this. Do you think Kanshu abandoned Hero or did Hero abandon Kanshu? Hmm. I, I'm going to go Kanshu abandoned Hero because Hero seems a little uh, jealous lover. Yes, he type. does. Not, yeah. That was the exact words I was going to look. He, he has this jealous lover kind of vibe going on with yeah. Kanshu. Like, okay, well, he... I lost him. I, I was his avatar. I'm no longer his avatar. So I'm gonna go find this other god, and I'll go be that god's avatar. And, yeah, and, and like the well, he wasn't that impressive anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't that great. I found this much better. Kanshi was an eight. I've got a ten now. So. Yeah, and I uh, thought uh, I thought the way uh, Ethan Hawke delivered the lines, like about vengeance and about justice, like he almost had a. He was still as calm. But he was almost sarcastic. He's like, let yes, me he guess, was. he's talking about vengeance. Yes, he was. He, he was very calm, very sarcastic whenever he, I mean, just the way that he was knew exactly what Kanji was talking about, that was absolutely wonderful little banter going back and forth between Stephen, I guess Kanji technically, and uh, Arthur Harrow during that, that time. So I, I really enjoyed that. Like I said, that scene just told us a lot. But we also just saw, you know, you start to see why people are so enthralled by Arthur Harrow. But you also see when he decides, I need something from you, and if you're not going to give it to me, he can turn real quick. I mean, because as soon as they start talking about the scarab, all of a sudden all of his minions start coming towards him. He starts pulling out his staff that has that can summon the jackal, which we finally under, find, figure out how it is that he gets that jackal to appear in episode one. He uses that staff, and he does something. We'll go ahead and talk about this because this has been one of the things that a lot of people have talked about. The color of magic. Did you notice it? Yes, it's uh, purple, like yes. Thanos, Wanda, mm -hmm. Kang. Mm -hmm. Not uh, Wanda, Agnes. Agnes, you're right, yes. Agnes. Yes. Yeah. Or Agatha Harkness. Agatha, too. Agatha. Yeah. I'm sorry, I put Wanda. Yeah. yeah, Agatha. And then Zemo wore purple and then, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Yes, he did. And so the, there's a lot of talk about, the, uh, you know, they haven't really just addressed this that I know of that, but it looks like color will be important when it comes to magic. So as we have Wanda's magic is red. You have all this purple magic. There's uh, Doctor Strange's magic, I think, is normally orange. Time magic, when they use the time stone, it was always green. So this is, it looks like they're trying to make color a very purposeful thing, even though I'm not sure that that was always the case. I think now that they're starting to get into this, supernatural type element in their storytelling. I think that's one of the reasons why you're starting to see color become a little bit more important in these magic type shows. Um, let's see. What's some other things I want to talk about with this? All right. So 
this is when the fight scene begins. This is when we get our battle scene. Because that's kind of the way that most Disney Plus shows operate is there's typically story, and then there's like one big fight scene. And we get our fight scene kind of at this point. And obviously Layla and Mark are running, or not, I guess Mark, uh, Stephen at this point. Uh, Layla and Stephen are running. They're trying to escape. They're fighting as they go along. And Layla keeps telling him, summon the suit, summon the suit, summon the suit. And as he's falling from this... After, after being attacked by the jackal, he does summon the suit, but he gets an actual suit. Now, this were you aware, are you aware of how what this actually is? Uh, I wasn't until I read about it. I know this. I found out this is Mister Knight. Yes, this is Mister Knight. They're, they are. I don't know how they're going to use this. If they're going to use this anymore in the comic, but in uh, I'm sorry, in the show, but in the comic, Mister Knight actually plays a role because what the, one of the things that they have done with the, with the character that is different from the from the comic is he actually has to carry around his suits with him, like his like his battle suit and this Mister Knight suit. They're not things that he just summons up. So this is this is a difference where he actually can like conjure these suits t- together. So that this is one of the ways in which they're they're changing the story some, but you know I, I, it was it was funny and I enjoyed it. But I'll be interested to see if they use this anymore. Do you think they'll pull the suit, the actual Mister Knight suit, back out anymore in the series? See, I, I think they will because, like you mentioned, it shows that Stephen is gaining confidence and learning how to fight. I, I, I bet we see it again. Yeah, I think we will too, because like I said, I don't think they want him to be just reliant on Mark, because I think they, I think they like this character of Steven more just because he's a little bit, he is more interesting, but he's going to have to get more confidence, like you were saying earlier. Him kind of being the sniveling, you know, I can't do anything, I want to try, but he's just getting in the way at this point, and he's putting people in danger as a result. But he did, he did fight, he did have some, uh, like, moments during the battle yeah, and you he could did. tell he was gaining confidence during that yeah i mean the whole i, I you know i love the sting like a bee oh, yeah, uh, that was like a butterfly sting like yeah. i don't remember what the rest of it but i'm steven with a v that you know that was absolutely hilarious and we landed that punch he was just so excited and then he realized that you know you gotta kind of keep fighting yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. get to just land one punch and that's and that you can call it a night uh but this was the most that we got of Moon Knight. Obviously, we just got a glimpse of him are you happy with the level of Moon Knight we're actually getting in this show so far I'd like to see a little bit more. Yeah, I would too. The first episode, I kind of understood. I was kind of hoping we'd get a little bit more of him this time. But I will say, when he came out, they did. A, I thought they did a spectacular job with him. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Moon Knight looks re- really cool. And, and, he, yeah, yeah, he is a cool looking character to say the least. I mean, with those with those battering type. Uh, crescent moon battering type things that he's got going on and that scene where he actually you know he jumps off the roofs and he impales the jackal that scene with the moon in the background the church and he just grabs that that's that is a cool looking yeah. scene right there that is an awesome shot and uh we've seen a lot of this stuff in the trailer which is one the, which is one thing i'll be interested to see as we go forward they've re- they've revealed a lot in the trailer in these first two episodes so i don't know that they revealed that much in the remaining ones i think most of our trailer shots have come from these first two episodes well there was a scene i think it must be in the next one because it looks like it's in egypt where uh it looks like moon knight protects uh layla okay i i guess i haven't i don't remember that one so i, I have at least i haven't seen the trailer in a while so uh that may be the case i would, wouldn't surprise me that what that, that was uh other thing i want to talk about oscar isaac i mean we talked a while about about ethan hall oscar isaac he's doing such a good job with this i often forget mark and steven are played by the same actor isn't that crazy yeah I mean, I didn't know if that was, if it was just me, but there are so many times when, I mean, just the way that he does, I mean, I, Mark is very much Oscar Isaac. I mean, that is very much the case. I mean, very yeah. co- cool, calm, collected, speaking in an American accent, uh, but the way he does his eyes and just the way he does his body language when he's, when he's Steven, it just, it seems like it's a completely different person, which is just speaks to just how well Oscar Isaac is doing with the character in general. It really does. Especially that scene where, um, where he, they're watching the videotape and then, mm-hmm. you know, it was Mark at the end. Right. Cause Mark, like you said, his body language is totally different. His face looks different. He just mm-hmm. kind of glances in the camera, just very calmly and coolly. And like, uh, uh, I think, I think I wrote this, up. Uh, he he says, uh, Stephen even says, that's not me. 
Yes, he does. He says that's not me. Because that was the first thing I was thinking when, I, when he when he shows like that's not Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Stephen even commented on it as well. So I thought that was interesting. All right. Uh, before we get, I was going. We did some questions as we were going forward last week. Do you anything else you want to point out before we get on to those questions? Uh, yeah. Do you think they should have released the first two episodes together, or did yes? The, yeah. I do. I, I think they should have released them together. I think that would have, because we didn't get much of Moon Knight in the first one. We saw him just for like 10 seconds at most or something like that. I think this would have been a much more cohesive. So honestly, the way that Disney Plus does their storytelling, because they have, their storytelling has always been very three distinct acts in everything they do their movies their television shows i honestly think they should do two episodes at a time every single week do episode yeah. one and two because that's yeah. their first act episode three and four is their second act and episode five and six there is their third act and i think it would and they're not as episodic as like the star wars stuff that they've done like the mandalorian is very very episodic these marvel shows are more like movies cut up into smaller segments if that makes any sense no, it it does. Yeah, I, I'm with you though. I, I think all of them, like two at a time, seems seems like a good amount. I know they're yeah. trying to stretch it out. They are. They're to, trying to stretch it and keeping keeping being the, the conversation and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. But I would I think it would go a lot better if they just did two at a time. Go ahead and keep your sixth episode. Just do two at a time. Like like I said, I mean, episode. Uh, we're going to talk a later on about one uh, HBO show. Uh, the, you know, they do three. They're doing Tokyo Vice. I'll go ahead and mention now. They do. They're doing a three two two one release like they did with Station Eleven, and I thought it worked well for them. Uh, yeah. so, so I mean, I think I wish Disney would experiment a little bit more with their release schedule uh, instead of uh, they do occasionally do two episodes at a time, uh, but other than that, they don't do a whole lot in terms of being real experimental in, in their release schedule. I kind of would like to see them play with that a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so let's go ahead and get into some of these questions that I, I have down. You can ask some of your own as well. Uh, next two episodes. This one ended, and the way it ended, we were obviously with Mark. Do we think we're going to get Mark as the main person in these next two, or are we going to switch back and forth? I think Mark is going to be the main one in this one, in this next episode. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. I don't know if he's going to stay the main one for the rest of the series, or if it's going to be the next two episodes, or if it's just the next one. But I think we'll get a lot more of Mark than we've gotten so far, which I think needs to happen, because I think we need to have more Moon Knight. Yeah, I agree. All right, Layla, uh, what kind of role do you think she's going to play going forward? Because obviously she's going to play a role. What 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 do you think about her? Yeah, I, I really like the actress and the character. I think she's going to play a huge role. I think she is going to be, you know, the uh, partner or partner, partner. I was about to say partner in crime, but like uh, the the go-to person for mm-hmm. Mark or Steve. And I think she's going to be, be with, with them the whole time. Okay, I was listening to the Ringerverse podcast. Uh, they do they do two they do two podcasts. One is their their instant reaction, and they do a a deep dive every single time that they do one of these Marvel shows. And the deep dive one, I was listening to it, and they brought out a good point. The character's name in the show is Layla Faul. That is her name. In the comics, there is a character called the Scarlet Scarab. It is, is played by a man in the comics, but his name is Abdul Fawl. Oh. And so they were, you know, they were putting out there, well, do we wonder if they're going to kind of redo this character and she's going to somehow become the Scarlet Scarab in, uh, in this show. So I'll be interested to see if they... they Mark that down. That's going to happen. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being the case because, like I said, that's it's just too much of a coincidence they use Faul as as the last name. And, and Marvel has really tried to, like, the love interests, they don't want them to just be love interests. Right. I mean, th- th- there are some that are like that, but they don't really want them. They want them to have their own their own powers and things like that. So I'll be interested. If they, and if, if they you were, there. you can look at her. She looks like she's going to be a superhero. Yeah, she kind of has that look about her. Right? Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. If at some point by the time the show is over, if they're going to make her the Scarlet Scarab, it wouldn't surprise me. All right, Midnight Man. He is played by Gaspard Uliel, who passed away in a skiing accident. Uh, we haven't seen him. You think he shows up in this next episode? Um, I don't. I don't know. Hmm. I, 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 yeah. I think he will, just because. Uh, uh, 
from what I don't know much about Gaspar Uliel or however you pronounce his name, but apparently he's a big enough actor that I would think they want to go ahead and introduce him. So I would think that he's going to appear at this point. Uh, Midnight Man is kind of like the altar of like the opposite of, of, of Moon Knight. Uh, he's, he's a weird character. I don't know that much about him, uh, but I would, he, he's a thief is what he is basically. So I'll be interested to see how they introduce him and, and uh, you know, this is going to be his last thing, so there's going to be a lot of talk about him as whenever they do introduce him. I'll be one bet it's this next episode, but I could be wrong. All right, this last thing that I came up with is I was listening to a show called Marvel Thirty Questions. They do one, they do his Thirty Question podcast for all these Marvel shows. They it's done by uh, three guys who also do a podcast called the Hero Movie Podcast, and they started to put forward this idea: Can we trust what we're watching? Because I mentioned this last week when we were talking about all the identities of Moon Knight and of Mark and Steven. One of the things that they have done in that comic from time to time is basically make the reader wonder if any of this stuff is actually happening. Do you think there's any possibility that what we're witnessing is just a fantasized, a vision of things going through Mark Stevens slash Stevens head. Do you think there's any possibility that they're going to put that? Cause apparently if you've read any of the reviews that people have talked about this, either in episode three or episode four, this thing changes big time. And I don't know how, but supposedly it has a huge twist that changes the whole complexion of the show. I will say this. Have you read the book or watched the movie fight club? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. If it, if it goes that road, this is a complete ripoff of Fight Club. It, it could be. I mean, that's the thing. That's the when you talk about people who talk about like like the latest installments of the Moon Knight comic, they talk about how there is a lot of Moon Knight. And I'm sorry, there are a lot of Fight Club imagery and callbacks and symbolism that are very present in the Moon Knight comics because yeah. of this very reason. So, Well, you can even see it in these episodes. Like when, when he's he, fighting the Jackal? When he's fighting the Jackal and he's being mm. thrown against the uh, the uh, the bus and the people mm. on the bus is like, ah, oh, he's just a drunk guy. Like Fight Club right. has a similar scene where Ed yes, Norton is, is fighting <laughs> and it looks like he's just beating himself, which he actually was. We find he out actually the was. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, like I said, I, I hadn't really thought about that until I was listening to that podcast this morning uh, on my way into work. So I, I, I definitely I'll, think it's a possibility, but I will say that is a total Fight Club thing. And, and the, like I said, there's a lot of that stuff that's in the Moon Knight comics, so it wouldn't surprise me if they go down that road. I just don't know how far they're going to take it if they do. So I'll be interested, because like I said, everything I've read, it's either episode three or episode four. I, it makes me think that whatever they're talking about happens like at the very end of episode three and leads into episode four. So I don't know. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to kind of wait and see. But And, uh, and I will be angry like the first time I watched Fight Club when I found out what it was. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then I've watched that movie like 20 times since, and I love I know, it. It's, 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 it's a, a fantastic movie. It really is. It's one of the better ones that's out there, to say the least. All right. Anything, any other questions you had before we get on to our weekly awards? Uh, no, I, I think that I think that was it for me on the questions. All right, then let's do our weekly awards. So, our Tyrion Lannister. That is our weekly MVP of the episode. Who is your Tyrion Lannister for episode two of Moon Knight? So I'm going to go with Oscar Isaac again, but I got to say, man, Ethan Hawke and uh, and Layla. Uh, let me make sure I'm saying her name right. Uh, it's it it's hard to pronounce. I've tried. Yeah, I've, it's uh, it's May Kalamali. Yeah, I think that's how you say it as well. Uh, Ethan Hawke and May put put up some good numbers this week. They do, and it's just like I said earlier. I mean, it's I mean the, the scene that I think that just clinches this for. Oh well, before, actually, uh, we'll come back and talk about this in a second. But uh, the scene that clinches it for me, if you ask me, is that at the very end, after the fight is over and Stephen yeah. is in the mirror for the, for the first time, and he's talking to, to Mark, and they're like fighting each other. He, like Mark starts kicking that mirror. I mean, that was kind of the scene that cinched it. I mean, it's it's going to be hard. I mentioned this last week. It's going to be hard for anybody to take this from Oscar I, just because of the role that he is playing, yeah. having to play at least two different 
completely different characters, possibly three, if uh, they decide to introduce the third personality into this into this mix. So it's going to be really hard for anybody to pick it up. I mean, like I said, the two that you mentioned, Ethan Hawke and I'm not going to try to pronounce her name. I keep screwing it up. Uh, but uh, Layla and uh, Arthur Harrow, they do a fantastic job as well. All right, Agatha All Along, the best scene in the episode. Who is? What was your Agatha All Along? I went with the meeting with Hera. I mean, yeah, it was just, that was one of the best scenes in Marvel. Yeah, it really TV was. Shows. Yeah, and that's one of the things that will always be. I mean, look, the fight scenes are great, but what makes Marvel stand out among, you know, above DC, above a lot of other things, really, is they get the story elements right. And you can put a great fight scene on, you can put a great action piece on, but they tell good stories as well. It's not just we film a lot of fun fight scenes, and those are great, but if you don't tell a good story, you're not going to last for 14 years or however long it's been that they've been doing this. And that's one of the things that they do, and that's just so very much encapsulated in this scene between Arthur and Steven. So I, I was right there with you. And these are, you know, two of our greatest uh, American actors right now. Mm-hmm. And you got a 10-minute scene of them just going toe-to-toe, and then you get to just see just everything Ethan Hawke has, you know, and you're, yeah, and you're you just do. like, thank goodness they got him to play the villain. And like you said, Oscar Isaac, again, just, just showing all the range he has playing all these different characters. So yeah, we, we are, we are blessed to have these two. I mean, these are movie stars yeah, in, they are. in this role and them go, going head to head. Like what a, what a blessing. Yes. Uh, it, it is absolutely a joy to watch those two. I mean, the performances alone are, are absolutely fun to watch. All right, so our the If You Come at the King, You Best Not Miss Award, that is our best line of the week. So who is, what What was the line that you gave to this particular So this award? one has a lot of lines. This yeah, one. I did. So mm-hmm. I wrote one down, but I'll go over some of the other ones that were very into contention. And I went back and forth on this, but I, went, I, I ended up watching this a second time. But I think it's, at the end, it's the scene you were talking about with, with Mark and Steve, Stephen fighting Mm -hmm. and Mark says, I was able to keep a wall between us, but something changed. The one who controls the body is stronger. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, was, what was yours? All right. So mine is, uh, when he's in the storage, uh, unit and he's talking to, uh, he's talking to Mark and Mark tells him he's, uh, that he's the avatar of Khonshu and he goes, the Egyptian God of the moon. Oh my God. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I eat one steak and bam, I go bonkers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was my favorite. Uh, so. I was going to say on my quote. So people are speculating. Is that because of the blip? Is that why the body is stronger? Did something happen? Ooh, I, that is the first time I've heard that. That is a good question. That is a really good question. I don't know that. What's it? Because this is one thing we haven't mentioned yet. They still have yet to tie this back to Marvel at all. They have not mentioned Thanos. They have not mentioned the Blip. They have not mentioned uh, Spider-Man or uh, Tony Stark. They have not mentioned any of that. And you know, I'm kind of waiting to see when are they going to do that. When are they going to put? How are they going to tie this back together? Because I don't see it yet. Obviously, I know that they are. There's no way that they're not going to do that. But it. I don't see the path to it at this point. Yeah, and I, and I wrote down four others that I think we need to talk. There were great lines. One of right, them was ahead. the security guard said, "You are not alone," and he and then uh, Stephen says, "Yeah, that's part of the problem." <laughs> <laughs> and then when early on when Stephen and Mark are uh, fighting, Stephen says. I don't care how bloody handsome you are. Handsome you are. That was a good one too. I don't care how bloody handsome you are. And then uh, when when Stephen is riding with Layla, Layla says, "I feel like I'm riding with a Victorian Duchess." <laughs> and that's yeah. why he like got it in real title. The last that, one. This was, I thought this was a really good line, and and really a question for the show. When Ethan Hawke says, did Khonshu select you because your mind is easy to break or because your mind was already was broken? Already, already broken. I, was like, I thought wow. about that one as well. Yeah, there was there were some good funny ones and there were some good, you know, philosophical ones, I guess is the best way to describe it as well in this particular episode of it. So uh, a, lot, a lot of good ones in this one, like you said, and uh, those are the ones that stood out to, to, to me and to you as well. So. All right, uh, let's go ahead. Oh, one thing I want to talk ask about, and I wanted to mention this earlier. 
what do we think is going to happen between Mark, Stephen, slash, or Mark and Stephen and Conchu? Because obviously they are presenting Conchu as not a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, so how do you see this being resolved? Is Conchu going to be around after this this season is over? How do you? What is your prediction? Hmm, I haven't thought about that. Let's go. Conchu is not around. Yeah, I, I kind of think that as well. And then I kind of wonder if they're going to go the full Batman because in the in the comics he is a he is a gadgety type character. Uh, so I wonder if they he's released from his service to Kanshu, and at that point he kind of goes to the gadget because in the comics Stephen is is I mean he, like I said he is a dead on replica of Batman because in the comics Stephen is not a gift shop worker he is a billionaire he is a, a playboy billionaire and he like funds everything for Mark to go out and do all of his exploits so like I said that's it, it's all it, it's a complete rip off of Batman in, in the comics uh so like I said I'll be interested to see how they how, how they do that if they if they do get rid of Kanshu you know what's going to be his his staying power in the MCU because they they plan to use the character more yeah. they've already talked about that so I'll be interested to see how they how they play that out so all right let's go ahead and rate this real quick uh last week we were both at a loss are you sticking with lost or has this bumped up or down for you I'm sticking with the loss uh, I think the acting is just so strong and I'm still enjoying it uh to yeah. me it hasn't got to game of thrones yet uh but you know it can get there easily yeah I'm closer to a game of thrones than I was last week I thought just the like I said, these two episodes really complete each other for the first act. So seeing them together makes me push it closer to Game of Thrones. Not quite there yet. I want to see more about how they have the story play out. Excuse me. Uh, I want to see how they have the story play out a little bit more. What they're going to do with uh, the characters in general. And like I said, just how they resolve some of that. I will say this. They aren't spinning as many threads, at least in my mind, they aren't. Uh, most of these Marvel... Uh, Whenever we've been watching these Marvel shows in the past, there's been like 15 threads that they've yeah, had out right. there that that you're like, how are they going to put all this together? And they, for the most part, they've always done a pretty good job of of, of uh, you know unraveling them and tying tying up all those loose threads. But I don't see that many with this. But it could all change next week when uh, supposedly when everything kind of changes on and, that. And that's so true. We'll and Layla actually answered a lot of our questions about Mark. Yeah, she did. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's that, that's a very good point. That they, they don't have as much confusion, well, uh, confusing well, threads going. I guess exactly. Yeah, there's still plenty yeah. of confusion, but it's not as there's not as it's not as many loose threads as they have in previous years, a uh, previous series. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our recommendations. Do you have any recommendations uh, for people yes, this week? Yes, I've got three. So okay, I've only got one, the so. first one is another podcast, and of course you need to listen after you listen to the, the main attraction podcast. Well, yes. Sir. So Obviously. there's a podcast called Dead Eyes. Have you heard anything about this? I have not. So this actor, Connor Ratliff, was supposed to have a small part in Band of Brothers in 2001. And mm-hmm. it was an episode that Tom Hanks was going to come on and direct. He was ex- he was directing one episode. And so he was cast, Connor Ratliff was cast, but when Tom Hanks came on board, he was like, he told the casting people, I don't like this guy, he has dead eyes. And mm-hmm. that we need to recast him, but he can come in and try to convince me otherwise. So they okay. bring him in, and he ends up getting recast. So it's a look about... It's a whole podcast. There's 31 episodes about like how his life was changed after he was he didn't get this job. Then then okay. he talks about like who he talks to the guy who ended up getting the job. He talks to other people from Band of Brothers. He talks to people who were fired from other other jobs because this guy Connor, he's from Missouri and he did a play when he was in high school with this young guy who ends up being John Hamm. (laughs) John Hamm tells all these stories about how he was fired from all these jobs. And then they talk to each person and they ask him, what do you, what do you think dead eyes means? So each person explains what they think, what they think means. And then, like I said, there's 30 episodes and there's different stories. And it final, the final, this has three seasons, third season, you get to, he gets to talk to Colin Hanks. Okay. Who's also in Band of Brothers? It's a whole story there, and it right. and in the finale, he talks to Tom. 
Oh, okay. Cool. It's, it is, they're like 30 to 40 minute episodes, except for the Tom Hanks was like over an hour. And then, so that was probably yeah, and uh, you can fly through them, and it's it's so interesting. I'm not doing a good job, but it's called Dead Eyes, and uh, this is uh, some character actor that got fired by Tom Hanks, and just the story behind that. It's 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 very okay, cool. interesting. Uh, my second one is uh, we watch the Netflix comedy Bad Trip. Oh, okay, uh, it was. I've heard of it. I don't know much about it though. So funny. Uh, it's got Eric Andre. Uh, a couple of people that we've watched other stuff in that we really like, Little Rail Howry and, uh, and yeah. Tiffany Haddish. And so oh, okay. it is a mix of Borat and Jackass. It's about two friends who are on a trip to New York. Uh, Eric and Little Rail, they're going to New York, and they borrow Little Rail's sister's car, who's Tiffany Haddish, <laughs> who just broke out of jail and is trying to get them. And they, they, they run pranks kind of like Borat right. does, uh, on people during this road trip. And there were a couple of scenes. I was actually in tears. I was laughing so hard. There was, <laughs> there was a scene with the gorilla that you will, you will not believe if, if even when you watch it. So it's on Netflix. It's called bad trip. It is definitely worth watching. If you like Borat or Jackass, it's, it's definitely worth watching. And my last one, we, my wife and I were actually looking for a movie starring Chris Pine on, Amazon and it wasn't there, but we saw this movie hmm. called The Grand Seduction, and it was from 2014. It's actually a comedy starring Taylor Kitsch and uh, oh man, Brendan Gleeson, who you've seen that he's big, redheaded, like Irish guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in a uh-huh. great movie called Embruges, but this movie it was it's like a heartwarming heartwarming movie. So a young doctor, it's kind of like Doc Hollywood. Do you remember that movie with? Mm-hmm. He, yeah, they, he gets mm-hmm. busted. This town in Canada, uh, they they're trying to get a new plant to come in, and they have to have a doctor. And so, okay. Taylor Kitsch plays a young surgeon who gets busted with drugs, and they convince <laughs> him to come to this town and work, so they can get the uh, to get the plant, and they won't, they will not uh, charge him for any drugs. And then uh, it's all about how they're trying to seduce him to end up being the overall doctor. But it's really, really funny. Uh, it came out, it had really, really good reviews. I was never okay. heard anything about it. I just randomly saw it on Amazon. It was at the top of their screen. And it was, like I said, called The Grand Seduction. So worth watching. All right, cool. All right, so the only one I have, look, I didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot outside of what we were, uh, what we were actually reviewing on the show. Uh, however, on Friday, uh, I saw, the, uh, mentioned this in our last episode, I saw Sonic the Hedgehog not once but twice on Friday uh, because apparently uh, I got signed up. I'm a teacher, and I also drive a bus, and about a month ago I was told I was going I was driving a bus for a sixth grade field trip I was like okay that's fine and I, when I got to I got on the bus I said where are we going they said we're going to the movie theater to watch Sonic I was like seriously <laughs> we're going to, I want to watch this movie twice in the same day but look I will give it tears if you have a like a 6 to 11 year old and you need something to do with them take your kids to go see Sonic it, it's far far better than it should be okay it's not it's not great by any stretch of the imagination I wouldn't go see it by myself or like on a date night or anything like that. But if you've got kids, it is really good. Uh, Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey. He's awesome. But what <laughs> makes the movies so entertaining? When I found out Idris Elba was going to be the voice of Knuckles, I was like, oh, we are about to get a mailed in performance if we ever got a mailed in performance. But man, he is delivering lines of Knuckles with the weight and gravity of a Shakespearean tragedy. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> It is just something to behold. I mean, I'm sitting there like dying laughing just listening to him voice this pinkish, reddish character. And like, like, because that is so interesting. And like, there were points in it that just because... I mean, I was just laughing just because all I could see in my head was Idris Elba behind a microphone somewhere, you know, delivering these lines. And my daughter is sitting there. She loved it. I mean, yeah. she absolutely, absolutely loved it. But she couldn't understand why I was laughing at some of the things I was laughing at because I know who Idris Elba is and yeah. she doesn't. But, so uh, it, was, but, it was just as funny the second time. Yeah, it really was just because, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. I, like, so I was wondering, I was like, is this going to still be funny when I'm watching it? And it, it, sure enough, it, it was. But like I said, if you got a, if you got a kid like 6 to 11 – 
it, it's great for to go and have a fun time. My, my daughter and I had an absolute blast. Like I said last week, it was the first movie she'd been into the theater since uh, the pandemic hit. She's she doesn't always like going to the movie theater, so for her to actually go to this one was was a pretty big deal. Um, if apparently there's this huge slew of Sonic fans, not just from the game, but like from the comics and the TV shows. And if you're one of those types of people, because that like we were sitting next to like two adult men that were watching this film, and they were just huge Sonic fans. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't realize this existed. Sonic was like, uh, I remember it was one of the Sega, right? Yeah, so it was, it was like, on Sega. Was it, mm-hmm. Did you get Sonic? With the Sega? Eventually you did. When they first, they didn't release uh, Sonic the Hedgehog until like the early 90s, like 91 or 92. Uh, So when they eventually started putting his game into the Sega Genesis, kind of, he was basically supposed to be their Mario is what he was. And uh, like I said, so there was this huge slew of just Sonic fans that apparently, uh, so if if you're one of those people, you go go through this movie. However, if, you know, uh, if when this thing comes out on Paramount Plus in like two months, and if you don't have anything better to do, and you want to see Idris Elba delivering these lines, and you don't like I said you don't have anything to watch, that's when I would suggest go see it for the for anybody else because like I said, it it's just a treat to watch that. I, you know, Idris Elba, like I said, I thought he was going to mail in performance. He doesn't mail in performance. He takes a lot of roles. He has said this in the past because it's a paycheck, yeah, yeah. and and he'll you know he'll he'll do whatever just because it's a paycheck. But he doesn't mail in performances. I mean, he gives it the full thing every single time. So like I said, I was not expecting that when I was watching that portray, but it was a hoot to watch. It's a little scary that uh, Jim Carrey is saying he's going to retire. And these were his last two movies. It's just like, that's ho- that's Yeah, horrible. I was what, yeah, I know, uh, but he hasn't had much work recently. I mean, there's that doesn't seem to be that much. I think it's him. I don't think a, he's interested. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it I, it is kind of scary. He's kind of sad. I mean, it, it appears that the, I wasn't. It appeared that they killed off his character in this, but I wasn't sure. If, so I, was, I thought maybe they'd find a way to like bring him back. But if that's if he's saying that, then I guess yeah. I guess he's done. So, uh, but yeah. So those, those would be my, that would be my, like I said. It's really all I had a chance to watch was uh, uh, that film. I saw it twice in one day. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever told me there was like I've never seen a movie twice in the same day. I, if you told me like Sonic the Hedgehog two would be that movie, I, I never guessed it. But so, anyway. All right. Uh, before we head off, anything you want to say before we head off into the sunset and record our next one on Severance? I just want to... Speaking of uh, Everyone needs to watch Severance. Yes, if you haven't watched you it, please do. thoroughly enjoy it. And th- you thank everyone for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until the next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true. <laughs>